Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. I've been away for a while, just for the mere fact, if you noticed, I'm in my new studio. I am build, I've built a new studio to kind of get in the basement of the home to kind of, hello Donna, to kind of get away from the noise from upstairs. I'm in the basement and hopefully it'll work out. Not finished completely, but... It's operational, and we are giving a little test run here tonight. And, but the funny thing is, I uh, did this to get away from the noise, the dogs, the kids, and all that happy stuff. However, as soon as I started recording tonight, or as soon as I came in here to start recording tonight, a freaking cricket is in the basement somewhere, and I can hear it. I don't know if you guys can hear it. Uh, I'm not hearing it now, so hopefully his little ass will be uh, quiet for the rest of this recording. We'll see. Now, this episode I want to talk about recently, or this past weekend, I should say, myself and the Cincinnati Ghost Chasers went out to Iowa to investigate the Fair, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, Fair Schoolhouse out in Iowa. It's an old schoolhouse that has recently, it's not, has recently been abandoned, but it was in use up until about 2002 has had a lot of reports of paranormal activity. A whole crap load of teams have been there and kind of have investigated. And we heard about this place, so we booked it and we went out there. It was a nice 10-hour, well, 9-hour drive from here, my location here in Cincinnati. So we drove out there, investigated, heard a lot of great things about it, so we wanted to see what it was all about. Excuse me. Now, in the future, in future podcast episodes, I'm going to cover best practices on how to paranormal investigate, and I think this is a great case study to actually start that because you know I was looking forward to this place with the reported activity, um, a little girl, a people have seen an apparition of a little boy, I believe, wearing blue shoes. So I would. I and the team was really looking forward to this one. We've had this one scheduled for um, a month or so, month and a half or so. Um, so I wanted to get there. I was excited because we haven't been doing much investigating here lately. Just for the mere fact with everything going on with COVID, it's kind of hard to get out. Most places are kind of hard to get into now with all the lockdown and everything. So I was really looking forward to this. I was excited. I was pumped about going and seeing what is What's this? What this place is all about? And so we went out there, got set up. There are the people who run the place do live in. They have a little apartment inside the room, which made me nervous because you never, you know, when I'm at a place, I do like to be there 
where I have control and know who's there because there can be some contamination. And that is one thing you really have to focus on when you're doing an investigation. It's knowing what's in the building, who's in the building, so you can account for that during your investigation. And that is really something that is very, very, very super, super, super important when it comes to conducting and proper or hopefully successful investigation. And with people being there that aren't a part of the team, and I I know they said they would stay quiet and not stay out of our way, but unfortunately, that's not always the case. And you know, in the beginning of the night, we were setting up. Now, it is, like I said, it's a school. So the doors are school doors, essentially. You know, the old, you know, glass doors, essentially. And, you know, you push them open and the locking mechanism on it, you have to lock it and you can open it, but you can't open it from the outside. We were setting up and we heard somebody messing with those doors. Like they were locking it or opened it or pushed that big handle to unlatch it. We heard that. So I ran down to see who, I didn't see anybody there, but odds are it was probably them just checking to make sure we locked the door so nobody could get in. But I have no visual or actual proof that it was them or wasn't them. Was it paranormal? Probably not. It probably was them. And I wasn't going to knock on the door and say, hey, did you guys just um, fiddle with the big door? Because we were up on the second floor when this happened. And it was loud, so I don't know. But that is one thing you have to keep in mind when you're doing a paranormal investigation is knowing who's in the building. And when you do know these things, it helps with contamination. Because anybody that's done any investigation, there's nothing worse than hearing something and getting excited about it or catching a weird noise on a recording and it not be paranormal. It there it's somebody else, either a team team member or somebody that is in the location screwing with you or just going about everyday life or whatever. So that is very frustrating when you when that happens. So was that paranormal? Probably not. If I have to be one hundred percent realistic and honest about the situation, it was probably them. Just check it out and make sure we lock the door. But anyway, let's get back to what I really want to talk about today is the investigation a little bit and my thoughts on it. There was a lot of hype with this place. I, uh, When we first got there and started setting up, I had high hopes because we kind of did a little, you know, not tour with the lady that runs the establishment, but we did, you know, talk to her and kind of ask some questions. You know, I like to know what's, her thoughts are, have, and like one question I asked, was there any type of, you know, tragedy there? With schools, you don't really get a lot of tragedy. You know, I'm sure there, it happens. But, you know, I like to kind of know what I'm getting into. And maybe that could be the cause of some of uh, the activity or reported activity. So I asked her. So I asked her and uh, she said there was reports of a student hanging himself on the stage. I said, okay, you know, but that that's common. You always hear that kind of stuff that reports, but did somebody actually do it? 
Is it just an urban legend? Who knows? I have not seen any uh, reports of it. I haven't found anything about it. We will do a little bit more research and kind of maybe solve that mystery. So when we were setting up, we were setting up in the second floor where the auditorium is, where the stage is, and we were kind of, we're doing a little bit of a preview investigation and, uh, and not preview, you know, we were just kind of getting started and seeing what was going on and asking a few questions, trying to interact a little bit. And, you know, we did get a little activity. It was a heavy feeling in, on the stage. Uh, Frankie did kind of get a, felt like something touched him. Something did feel like it touched my, or not touched, but tugged on my, uh, sleeve of my sweatshirt because it was chilly in Iowa at that time. You know, it, it was actually kind of cold, but some felt like it tugged it. Now, was that just my mind, you know, kind of hyped up and something, maybe Frankie got something and my mind was just kind of playing tricks on me a little bit and possibly, you know, I thought something tugged on it and nothing really did. It was just my mind. That is very possible because that does happen when things when certain people have experiences and certain people you know start feeling it and it can affect you and you have to be very conscious of that so i'm not going to say for sure 100 percent that somebody grabbed or a spirit grabbed my uh, sweatshirt and tugged on it a little bit i mean it was very faint it was weird but i'm not going to say it's paranormal just yet. I mean, I have to review some of the audio. And one thing I should mention, there will probably be no on the hunt episodes for this particular investigation because had some mechanical difficulties, technical difficulties with the uh, video recorder. Um, I guess the SIM card went bad because SIM card wouldn't work or wouldn't read on my camcorder. So only thing I have from this location is some audio. Maybe I'll throw something together, but I don't know. I haven't had time to really go through and check all of the uh, recordings that I did do. So I'm basically basing this first episode on my feelings, my thoughts on this place and what happened throughout the night. It started off pretty, pretty interesting. We were, you know, we heard that possible noise. I did at one point... When we were setting up, it almost heard, sounded like there was talking, a conversation going on somewhere outside the room we were setting up cameras in. Um, I know Frankie has some footage. His DVRs were working, so there there is some footage of our investigation. Hopefully, we'll be able to share a little bit of that on the uh, team page. Um, so, we'll see. I know he hasn't had a chance to go through everything, but I will say this. Coming up... In a future episode, some things, we did catch a few things, or Frankie did catch some stuff on a uh, DVR recording, and I hopefully will have him on in a week or so to actually talk about it and see uh, what he found in it from what he was telling me. It's very interesting. It's could be good if everything pans out, but it needs to be researched a little bit more. But this 
I will say this. If everything pans out the way it seems to so far with the reviewing of it and the research, it might be some of the best evidence we've ever caught, or at least since I've been with the team that I've seen. It's very fascinating. I will have him on to talk about that in the near future. We thought about trying to do it tonight, but he wanted to research a little research a little more and try to verify and connect some dots and just to cover all the bases because that's what a good investigator does. That's what you need to do. You just can't throw out some evidence without backing it up, without trying to confirm it in some way. So hopefully, like I said, he will be on maybe later this week and uh, we'll uh, share that. But you're definitely going to want to check that out and be there for when we do talk about it. Because if it holds up so far, that is an amazing piece of evidence. And I'm really looking forward to sharing that. So my first initial, my initial thoughts of this place started off pretty good. But as the night wore on, it was it got a little rough. It, the mood, the atmosphere seemed to change, seemed to lighten up. Not that it had a heavy atmosphere in any way, shape, or form. It just, you know, it was a little heavy. I mean, not a negative heavy, but it was charged, I guess, would be a better way to put it. And as the night went on, it did kind of chill out. I should say, I mean, that would be a good way to describe it. It just changed. It just wasn't what it was when we first got there. Now, a lot of it could have to do with the fact that we did have such a long drive and it was a quick turnaround for us. We didn't, you know, I had to get back here to Cincinnati. So we had to drive in nine hours, start basically as soon as we got there, start investigating and then leave out at seven morning and drive back. So we... It was such a quick turnaround. There wasn't a lot of time to really get mentally prepared, which if you listen to this podcast, you know I really teach or preach about getting mentally prepared and with those that long drive, a little tired. So it, we weren't in the best, or at least I was. I'll speak for myself. I can't speak for them. But I wasn't in the best state of mind because I was tired. It was a long drive to do an investigation. Now, ideally, that scenario should be played out like if you have that kind of long drive, you should be, you know, make it a two-day event to where you drive, rest, get mentally prepared, and then move on to the actual investigation the following night. But unfortunately, we didn't have that kind of time, you know, had to get there, investigate, turn around, and come back. So, like I said, the night, as the night wore on, the atmosphere changed, it got light, or it lightened up a little bit, or it just wasn't as charged as before. And I have some theories on that, and I'm going to talk about here in a minute. But my initial, as the night go on, I kind of was like, okay, this place, excuse me, wow, this place wasn't quite as, the hype didn't live up to it. I mean, I didn't get an overwhelming sense that this place was extremely haunted, that there was an abundance of activity. I did hear, like I said, I heard what I, uh, seemed to be maybe 
some a conversation or some people talking out in the hallway or maybe on another floor. It was very muffled. On two different occasions, we were kind of in the break room later in the evening, about three, four o'clock. And we were do actually doing an EVP session. And it sounded like somebody was outside the door and was talking. Frankie, I even, he confirmed it with what I was hearing. He heard it as well. I listened to the tape or the recording of it. Didn't really get much. I couldn't hear it. Of course, I was just listening to it on the spot. And I haven't had time to really go through all the recordings that I have yet. So, like I said, this episode is just going to be my initial thoughts. So, after the investigation was over, or we were getting ready to pack up, we were talking about the place. And I think we all came to the conclusion that, the same conclusion, or close to similar way of thinking about this particular place. We weren't, or and I'll phrase it as me. I'm not going to say this place is 100% haunted. This place, I don't, I think there might be some activity there. And this is, now keep in mind, this is my thoughts right towards the end of the investigation. And as we were getting ready to leave and we discussed this on the way back, I don't know if it was, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out on that ledge and say it was haunted. Yes, there's possible activity there, but if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I, I come, I come from this as a fact and I come through to this thinking that most places do, do or can have some activity because I personally believe the spirit world is all around us, we are occupying the same space. We are just not tuned into it mo- more often than not. So it's kind of like I've heard it explained as like a radio station. You have the radio station tuned into whatever, one or 2.7. You're getting that radio station. Doesn't mean all the other radio stations that are being broadcast aren't just dis- disappear. No, you're just frequency. You're tuned into that frequency and that's the only thing you can pick up. So I believe the spirit world is technically all around us and we are just not vibrating or we are not, we are not tuned into that particular frequency. Now, every now and then maybe that knob gets bumped a little bit and we do catch glimpses of it or we hear certain things. So I think every place has a potential to have some sort of activity or something happening because I think this like I said, the spirit world is all around us. We just can't always notice it or tune into it or pick up on it. So in that regard, this place, I there's probably, from what I experienced there up to that point, yes, it had some activity. It possibly had some activity. It could have just been a slow night. And we just were on the, you know, we just, luck of the draw, we were there on a bad night. That is extremely possible, and that happens more often than not. When you go to these locations or you go to a place that has reported activity, you're not guaranteed to get activity. I've been to, and I've said this on this podcast before, I've been to places where I have experienced a lot of stuff. I've caught great evidence, went back to it, nothing. Or really, the activity really slowed down and we didn't get much. 
And then I went back again, and boom, we got a lot of great great evidence. So you never know. It's a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to get. So maybe we were just there on a slow night, and we weren't tuned into that frequency like I talked about. So we didn't get much evidence. So I thought, or I shouldn't say evidence, let me say personal experiences. So there is a possibility this could have some activity. I'm not going to say it's completely full of crap at this point, but I think it could have some potential evidence or potential potential activity given the chance to investigate it more thoroughly or more often would be a better way to say it. So I wasn't overly impressed. And I think I can't speak for them, but they all kind of shared the same sentiment. Possible activity, but not truly 100% haunted. Not one of the most haunted schools in the uh, country. It's just not. It's just from my experience. Now, I posted some pictures while I was there on Instagram and Twitter and some of my Twitter followers, or I think it was Instagram, Instagram followers said, oh, you're there? I love going there. And this person even said, hey, we've got a lot of activity in the principal's office. Or we got some responses in the principal's office. And that's kind of, at that time, I don't know if it, when they were there, it was the same way, but that was kind of our break room. With an, There was the principal's office, what I'm assuming is the principal's office, was there's a little room in that break room. And I was assuming that, so... We immediately did a session in that little office. And, you know, we didn't get much. I, in a way of personal experience, you know, we tried to get some responses. I haven't listened to those tapes completely yet, like I said, but I will review them and see hopefully maybe something's there and something maybe, you know, popped off on those recordings. But, that is one of the great things about social media is we did, you know, somebody interacted with me when I posted that. It gave me something else to investigate. So that is great, and I appreciate you for that. I should have looked and gave you a little shout-out here on an episode, but maybe next episode when I have Frankie on, I'll bring you up and give you some credit for that. So thank you for that. And and if you follow me and you've investigated someplace that I, I have I might be at, feel free, share your uh, experiences with me and I will try to validate those things. That is what a good investigator does and that is what helps the field across the board. So getting back to this place and the activity there, wasn't overly impressed. I think, like I said, probably has activity, not extremely crazy, not scary, not creepy, but the energy did change. And as the night went on, like I said, it kind of changed, didn't, it lightened up a little bit. And by the time we were getting ready to pack up about six o'clock, I was like, okay, I'm, yeah. So I went to about five o'clock. I was really starting to go into debunk mode and to try to figure some things out. Now I should say this. Now the did lady, the lady that lives there, with her husband, she did, you know, tell us some of the activity that some people have reported, like a metallic noise and almost like something's been dragging. And one point in the evening, I went outside 
while we were setting up, I think I had to go outside and get something out of the car. I heard something that there's farms all around in Tiowa for the love of God. And you could hear cows in the background from behind the building or from the side of the building. And I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. And almost like a metal door shut. Maybe the barn had a metal door and it kind of was a loud thump and almost sounded like something was dragging. I was like, hmm, that's very interesting. And then later on in the evening while we were actually investigating, it was probably three, four o'clock in the morning, I went back outside just to get some fresh air. And they were, Frankie and the rest of the team were doing, I believe, a ghost box session in a room, in one of the rooms on the second floor, not too far away, facing me, not facing me, but just above my head to the left of my shoulder, off my left shoulder, I should say, maybe two or three rooms down. And I could hear everything. Every question Frankie asked, I could hear like I was in the room. So I was like, that is very, very interesting because if that's the case, the noise I heard earlier could be an explanation for that noise that people have reported, kind of a metal noise and maybe a, with a, followed by a little bit of a dragging noise because that was very similar to what I caught or what I experienced outside earlier in the evening from the farm adjacent to this location. So you have to be, when you investigate, you have to be conscious of that. And once I, as soon as I realized what was going on, I went up to where they were investigating. I said, hey, I can hear everything you were saying outside. So immediately what we did was I went back outside. We went to, they went to another room on the back of the building. And I walked around the building trying to make some noise bang on there's a fire escape kind of along the back i kind of hit it you know just to kind of see what they could hear what they could pick up and try to maybe possibly debunk some of these noises that people have heard or that maybe we heard so after i came back in you know after talking and yelling not yelling but talking in a normal voice voice trying to see if they could hear me. I came back in. They couldn't hear me. So I don't know if it doesn't really debunk anything, but it is something to keep in mind. And you need to, when you investigate, keep that in mind and always try to focus on that kind of investigating because it's often, more often than not, you will find that a lot of those noises, some of those strange conversations could be some, there could be a rational explanation for it because of outside interference, contamination. And you might, just because you're in a big, in a big building far away from the outside, sound travels, and sometimes you can hear those things. So you need to try to debunk those kind of, those kind of situations when you do realize that, hey, there are some outside influences here. So was it, does that explain away all the noises people hear? No, not not at all. It's just something that has to be factored in. And this does play to the fact that, you know, maybe that is some of the experiences, but maybe not. So I don't know. I have no definite answers. 
So I've always been fascinated with why schools get a lot of activity. You hear so much about haunted schools and things like that. Now, yes, there's a tragedy aspect of it. I know we've investigated it up here in Ohio, Post Town Elementary. Not a big fan of that. I don't think it's as haunted as some people say. I've been there two two times and haven't really ex- experienced a lot there. I put, after the investigation of this past weekend, I kind of put this schoolhouse with that. Very possible it could be some activity there. I didn't experience a lot, but it's possible. So I'm not 100% sure that this was something that... I don't understand why schools have... These old abandoned schools have activity. Or I shouldn't say have activity. I know, or I, I have a theory of why they have activity, like I said earlier about the spirit world being all around us. But why do people think they're haunted and the spirits are stuck there and everything? I I get hospitals. I get inside uh, in asylums, prisons. There's so much tragedy there that has to leave an imprint on the environment. So I understand why some of the, those type places are extremely haunted because they do have a lot of traumatic things happening there. A, deaths, injuries, just general piss-poor activity, dangerous activity, bad people, pain, suffering. Those leave a mark on the environment, and that can be replayed, residual hauntings. So I get that, but places like schools, outside of, there's not, you don't get a lot of that. Yes, you can get some of it. But so I've always wondered why do schools or old abandoned schools get the name of hauntings or haunted? Why do people consider them haunted? Just because something looks creepy doesn't mean it's haunted. So as I was going about the investigation, there's something in there across the street. There is a cemetery, which very very interesting. Um, it's a the uh, lady that worked or runs the the place said we can't go over there because it's a family owned private property. That cemetery is their relatives, and I guess of course some people went over there and naturally, you know, caused some trouble as a lot of these people do. Sometimes some of these investigating teams don't take other people's feelings and other people's emotions into account. So they ruined it for everybody. And I'm not like I've always said, I'm not a big believer in um, intelligent hauntings at cemeteries. I think most activity that is in a cemetery is residual just for the mere fact of the pain and suffering that, not necessarily not the people that have passed away, but the pain of the people who attend the funerals, who go there annually, they do leave that impression on that atmosphere around the cemetery. But what got me thinking was, okay, this activity at the school is kind of sporadic at this point from what I've seen. 
And I was wondering, could this be the cause of that? With that cemetery being so close, just right across the street, within 50 yards, I would say, of the school, could some of that residual energy that is being replayed over at the cemetery or affecting the cemetery's surroundings, could that be bleeding over into the school? Very possible. Because it's all about energy. It's all about how things are received in the atmosphere, how things are projected in the atmosphere. So could that... Could the activity at this location, at this school, be coming from that cemetery? Very possible. If you have some thoughts on that, be sure to let me know. Just send me an email at gitmpodcast at gmail.com. Or send me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at night underscore ghost. I think that is very possible. But also... When it comes to schools, if you do were to get a lot of residual type hauntings at a school, I would think it'd be time sensitive. So schools, maybe the best time to investigate a school or an old abandoned school isn't closing time or isn't overnight. It is during the morning and afternoon because that's when that school was active. That's when the kids were there. Nobody was there at night. So if residual hauntings are played are time sensitive and play a loop of or a replay of something that happened there, naturally it's going to be during the day, during the afternoon. You know, you I would think you could possibly get more activity or get more experience or personal experience or more evidence during those hours. So that might be something that I will look into and whenever a school comes across my radar, maybe I'll do a daytime investigation because like I said before, the paranormal does not punch a time clock. It's going to happen when it wants to happen. And if it's residual, maybe it's going to happen when it's when that imprint was made. So maybe the best time would be during the working hours of when that school was actually active. Not overnight between 7 in the morning or 7 at night to 7 in the morning. We could be just be wasting our time. So I don't know. Like I said, let me know what you think about that. those two little theories. Oh, what else? I don't want to get too much into what Frankie has found because I let him share because it, but it's fascinating it I will say this it could 100% change my thoughts about or yeah my thoughts about this place if once I hear it I haven't heard it for myself I'm talked to Frankie and he told me what he heard it's it's big if it plays if it is half as good as what he explained to me and what happened happened, 
I'm going to leave it at that. It is a game changer. And like I said earlier, it is 100% possibly the best evidence we have caught. Or uh, since I've been with them and doing this, the best evidence we caught. And I've captured pictures or a still photo of a shadow figure. That So that should tell you how big and how important this particular piece of evidence might be. And he hasn't went through all the footage yet, too, either. So maybe there's more there. I don't know. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. That might be next week's episode. Um, Coming up, like I said earlier, I'm going to start do a series of episodes on how to investigate the paranormal, my best practices. And I think everybody who wants to be a paranormal investigator, who wants to do this, needs to listen to these episodes because there's a lot that goes into it. And it is not what you see on TV. If you watch some of these paranormal reality shows and you think that's paranormal investigating, you're in for a big shock. I've seen it a million times. People think that's what it is and get frustrated, get bored. That's not what paranormal investigating is. And you, because you have to remember, these are television shows for entertainment. So be on the lookout for those, that series of episodes regarding how to investigate the paranormal. I do have, I've been in contact with some people, some other investigative paranormal teams that want to come on the podcast and share their experiences. I've reached, things got put on hold because I was building the new studio, try to get, get a little bit better or a little bit quieter sound so I wouldn't have to deal with, you know, a lot of the outside noises. Still got to work on it. Hopefully it'll be 100% done in the near future. Like I said, hopefully this sounds pretty decent and things are recording nicely. We'll see what happens when I listen to this back. And I, But I've talked to them and told them, hey, I kind of shut things down to get the studio built and put my time into that. And I did talk to them and say, hey, it's almost done. I'll have you on in a couple of weeks and we'll or I get with them, get you with you in ten days to a week or so, two weeks or so, and we will get you on. So be on the lookout for those um, teams to share their experiences and their thoughts on the paranormal. Should be very interesting. From my uh, email exchanges with them, I think it. I think they have some good experiences they can share and shed some light on the paranormal. What else? What else? What else? With this new studio being built. Be on the lookout for definite more content. I'm not going to go guarantee two, three episodes a week, but I will do a lot more episodes or my weekly episodes plus a lot, quite a few more bonus episodes. I'm going to pick back up the Conspiracy Madness episodes for the Patreon page and I might do just random live streams that aren't a part of the uh, podcast episode. So be on the lookout. Follow me on all the social media accounts. Um, just search Ghost in the Night. You can find them. I know Twitter, it's at Night Unsure Ghost. It's Ghost in the Night on Facebook. 
and I think uh, Instagram. I don't don't really remember. I think it's Ghost underscore Night underscore Podcast. I believe, but definitely follow me there on all those uh, social media platforms, and don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I might even start going live just on the weekend just to uh, go live on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe and follow me on YouTube. And if you do that, be sure to like those episodes you do check out. That would help me greatly. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast episode or podcast on however you take in the podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Be sure to like or subscribe to the podcast feed. That will go a long way in helping bump up the bump us up in the search results and maybe get more interaction, get more listeners, and possibly just grow this podcast a little bit more. And don't forget, if you know somebody who does not know about the podcast, be sure to share it with them. Send, let them know about the podcast and have them give it a listen. I look forward to hearing from all of you. Don't be shy. Be sure you can send me an email or if you follow me on those social media platforms, be sure to reach out and say hi and let me know what you think about the episodes. If you have a topic idea or you want something covered, I know on YouTube I get a lot of comments of people sharing some of their stuff, especially, you know, the scratches. Like, I mean, every seems like every week I, somebody's either leaving a comment or reaching out about they've been scratched or whatever. I should say I'm definitely going to investigate where my studio is at. The basement here at the home has, you know, people have possibly had some, I've talked about this in past episodes, but people, you know, some of the kids have thought maybe there might be something done here. So maybe we'll get an EVP on my recording when I listen back. You never know. Or if you hear something weird. I, while I've been building the studio, haven't necessarily, I take that back. I did experience something down here last week as I was building this up, building the studio. And you know what? I'll just go ahead and share it right now. Um, just for those of you who've not heard, there has been some reported activity in this basement, or possible activity from, you know, some of the kids. So I've never actually done an investigation down here, never brought a recorder or a camera down here and did a proper investigation. How? But when I was building the studio, there's a heavy bag on, on a stand, and I was, you know, doing some drywall work. And I just kind of looked over, and that heavy bag was moving. Now, anybody has hit a heavy bag or tried to lift a heavy, a heavy bag, they're freaking heavy, hence the freaking name. Those things just don't move. You have to punch them or give them a good push to get those things to move. Now, the AC unit, the furnace is close by. So I waited for it to... It wasn't running at that point. And I didn't know exactly when it shut off. So I kind of... Made a mental note, as soon as it, I stopped the bag, and then as soon as I looked for that, the fans in the furnace to kick up and see if maybe the airflow 
somehow managed to move it, which it's a heavy bag. It's like I said, it's extremely heavy. I don't see how that could happen because there's not a vent really that close to it, and there's not that much airflow at this at this portion of the basement. But it, you know, the furnace kicked on and fans started, the AC kicked on and you know started pumping out cold air. It didn't move. Now I'm. 99.9% sure I didn't bump the stand or anything because I was away from it. I wasn't that close to it. I was probably 10 feet away when I noticed it. So did something push that heavy bag? Did something actually do something to the atmosphere to cause that to move? Or was it trying to get my attention? I haven't heard any strange noises outside of that damn cricket. All right, which I'm going to have to go on a murder spree and kill a cricket. I don't know if you guys can hear it. I, actually, I actually haven't heard it yet since I've been recording, so maybe I got lucky. Or maybe it listened to my pleas, my plead not to make any noise while I was recording. Who knows? So I will investigate down here. I will bring a recorder and maybe a, set up the camera and see if and spend the night down here and see if I can experience something. And kind of put the worries to bed. Because I I don't know. I don't get a lot of heavy. I don't get a heavy feeling down here at all. Or anywhere in this house. We did a little impromptu paranormal investigation with the family. I don't know. I don't really think there's anything here. Outside of the normal. Like I told said earlier. I think there's just maybe a. We were tuned. You know, there might be interaction with the spirit world around us, and that might be what they're, people who have felt something here, maybe that's it. Like I said, I believe the spirit world is all around us. We just aren't always tuned into it. So, I will do an investigation, and we will see. Maybe. I don't know. So, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, Be sure to like, subscribe, all that stuff, like I said earlier, and we'll see what happens. So until next week, take care, everybody.